0: Coming Coming to you from from beyond beyond the veil, where where anything is possible and nothing nothing is beyond beyond your reach, where time and space space are figments of your imagination and life is but a dream. Open your minds, minds, open your hearts, and get get ready ready for a one-way trip into the unknown. This is Messages from the Multiverse with Ian R. Anderson, certified hypnotherapist. Hello and welcome to Messages from the Multiverse. This episode's topic is one which has been an interest of mine for many, many years, and which has been a part of the human existence for many thousands of years through our religions, spiritual traditions, philosophies, and the sciences. In fact, every science has its root in this topic, and all of our religions contain parts of it as well, although heavily shrouded in symbolism. Hermetics, hermetic philosophy, and some call it hermetic magic, is the collection of ancient teachings given to the world by Hermes Trismegistus, also known as Hermes the Thrice Great, the great master, and who the Egyptians and Greeks eventually deified, the Egyptians as the god Thoth and the Greeks as the god Hermes. Both of these gods carry within their symbolism the myriad wonders this being was known for delivering to the human race. Geometry, alchemy, chemistry, new systems of thought and teachings which when applied properly bring the possibility of apotheosis The word apotheosis means man becoming God or man becomes God, a thought which could have gotten a person burnt at the stake only a few hundred years ago, but which has always been secretly part of the message behind the religions which have been doing the burning for so long. Why is it that the ones believing in these religions would have denounced those who accepted the teachings when these teachings were part of their own religion? Well that is because those persecutors had no idea that these teachings were there. These teachings have been hidden from the unworthy by a group of initiates who have passed the secrets of Hermetics from master to worthy and accepted student for thousands of years. In order to understand the symbolism, it was necessary to possess a master key, that bit of knowledge which changes a piece of religious writing from a literal history to an esoteric and spiritual teaching. This master key has been there all the time, for those who knew how to see and use it and it has been decided by some of these initiates that the world is ready to have this information, because there is not only an awakening happening, but there is also a crisis happening, and if this information is not used, the reason for its existence might pass us by. So in order to discuss this topic, I have invited Alana Starr-Shamel to come speak with me today for your benefit. Alana Starr is a dedicated collective consciousness advocate, certified hypnotherapist, spiritual mentor, hermetist, healer, writer, researcher, and intuitive. Alana's ability to network and build long-term professional relationships has allowed her to become involved in many projects and organizations that involve raising awareness for conscious change. Her free spirit personality as a native Californian has allowed her to navigate easily the world of publicity which led her into her current position as a nationwide film crew booking agent at A1 Film Crew where she provides licensed professionals for the film industry. Alana graduated with honors from HMI College of Hypnotherapy and is a member of the American Hypnosis Association. She holds specialty certifications in past life regression, handwriting analysis, and emotional freedom technique or EFT. She is also trained as a red tent facilitator and is consistently practicing numerous energy healing modalities such as angel and ancestral shamanic readings, crystal therapy, and is guided by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Although she is a busy bee, this Jane of many trades finds her favorite time studying all things metaphysical and esoteric, but when she is not doing that, you can find her on the dance floor enjoying social Latin dancing or singing. She is known in social media by the name Starlana, however she recently adopted the name the Enlightenista because you're sure to be at least a little enlightened in her presence. So let's get into our conversation with Starlana, the Enlightenista, and see what she has to say about her so we're here at Hypnotropia in Encino, California with Alana Star chamel Thank you for being here today talking about hermetics, hermetic philosophy. And uh, maybe we'll get into alchemy, spiritual alchemy, or, or you know, we'll see where the conversation takes us. So um, why don't we start by just hearing your story. How did you get into hermetics and uh, what does it mean to you?
1: All
2: right, well, it's great to be here. Um, great to work with another fellow hypnotherapist and healer. Actually, I got started into this because I was so interested in behavior and how the mind works. And along my journey, I found, I found that I was constantly being led through synchronicity to different books and different um, online resources, other people who were spiritually aware. And it was really just a calling um, that led me to find one word that I found very interesting that led me to another word. Um, Just a bunch of digging and searching and um, an inner knowing that made me feel like I was on the right path. And then I came across these laws. First I came across the universal laws because there are more than just the hermetic laws. There are over, you know, probably a hundred of them. But these ones I felt are extremely important for um, hypnotherapists especially to use in their practice. Um, to use while they're balancing their own life. And I got into it just because of all those reasons and many more, but they go back in my memory.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, is it fair to say then that this, uh, this work affected your life in, a, in an extremely enlightening and, and mind-opening way before you ever started to apply it or try to use it to help anybody else?
2: Absolutely. It helped me because it helped me make sense of why certain things would happen in my life Mm. and it helped me find a balance and I, you know, I still struggle sometimes with things but I definitely have more of a hang on life. I have like this feeling that everything's going to be okay and that because of these laws I'm able to understand to, to take it easy and that to trust in the universe that the universe has my back. And that everything's unfolding the way it should for myself and for others to have more understanding for other people on their journey and more compassion for them. And it definitely helped me and it still continues to help me with understanding these, these methods and these principles.
0: Okay, great. So do you think it's something that can help everybody? Is it something that, that everybody needs to know now?
2: absolutely, this is the time where everybody needs to know this stuff, yeah. and it's okay it doesn't matter where you are, you don't have to be like completely spiritually like awake or or even even on the spiritual journey these are just basic laws that are the universe that for some reason we don't know enough about or we do, but we don't know how to apply them all together mm-hmm. you know, we know cause and effect but we don't know how it applies to us you know, universally, so um, I do think that it can help everybody and it is time for people to start understanding these principles moving out of just education because we need a job and moving into we're souls expanding here our consciousness is expanding so these are almost like a must right now i believe
0: okay so as um, as the the word implies uh, universal laws uh, these are things that are true no matter where you are who you are what time you're in and uh, whether you're male, female, human, non-human, these are universal laws, whether you're uh, a god or a uh, earthworm. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So l- let's talk a little bit about Hermetics and, and Hermes, uh, Hermes Trismegistus, the thrice great. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was he and, and why is he important?
2: Well. I love that you say his last name right because I don't even try sometimes. <laughs> I just call it hermetics, you know. So, um, who he is, a lot of people think that maybe he was a mythological character, you know, a lot of these Greek gods, they could be, but in essence they're an archetype of an energy mm-hmm. who, who, that has lasted for aeons. Um, he is known as a great sage, um, he was a teacher, a, um, he was a Greek god, yes, a master of alchemy and mathematician. He brought so much knowledge and shared it, and he was. A lot of people thought he was confusing, or in that time, from what I've read. Um, you know, I have to be honest. I spend most of my time researching the universal laws versus the actual source of where it came from, because that's what hit me first. Was like, ah, I started learning about it, and I was just so fascinated. Um, and through the time, I started realizing that I don't like to get so attached to where things come from and right. just focus on the essence of what the message was. So I'm still continuing to learn more about who Hermes was. Um, I know that he was the son of Zeus. Well, you know,
0: one of the things that you, that you end up learning about him uh, is that we don't really know very much about him. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know,
2: they just kind of pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, we don't know if they're just mythological Characters because what we know about the planets is actually there are archetypes as well
1: mm-hmm.
2: that are associated, and I believe that there are just energies that move through humans and they either become superhuman, and depending on how far advanced they are.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, that's a topic we can really get into. Yeah,
0: something like we might call an ascended master, maybe, right?
2: Absolutely. Ascended masters, that's amazing that you just said that because he was absolutely an ascended master. Um, probably beyond that, I think anybody who masters the great work mm-hmm. and um, spiritual alchemy, the levels of alchemy and these universal laws and so forth, they become ascended masters of some sort where you can speak to them and can contact with them on different levels of consciousness.
0: And there is power in these laws, right? Uh, the The application of them gives one the ability to become more than just their physical nature. Is that right?
2: Yeah, definitely. They get to experience more of what they're supposed to be experiencing here on this planet. Mm-hmm. You know, people are so, we're, a lot of people are, are very stuck in the third dimension still where this is a physical table and and that's what it is, And and but we're realizing that we can transcend beyond that and where we say we're in the fifth dimension. And because this has gone on so long, we actually are kind of skipping over the fourth dimension and we're actually able to tap into the fifth dimension. And, and above that is that where all these ascended masters reside and where all those energies are that we can reach into by mastering these laws.
0: So how do we master the laws?
2: Um, I believe that knowledge is power. We've heard that many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cliche, but it's true. Knowledge will save us and wisdom will heal us. And so We apply them by reading and researching. And, you know, the more and more I follow my hunches, the more exciting it gets because we don't control as much as we think we do. Mm -hmm. And our higher self is seriously guiding us. And it's just like switching lanes on the freeway. You know, something tells you to go on that next lane, but your logic tells you to stay. and You end up hitting traffic or something because your higher self is always nudging you to go in a certain direction. So I'd say that if you have a calling to read a certain type of book or something that's calling your name that's spiritual in this essence, I'd read it. Or look online. There's so much stuff out there right now. There's amazing speakers and you know researchers who are out putting their information out there and I think that it's at your fingertips. So if you really wanted to change your life and wanted to learn how to master these laws, you could just look online.
0: It's a good place to start at least. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Or find someone like us. We love to talk.
0: So um, it sounds like what you're saying then is that the uh, the beginning, the process of starting the journey into um, studying, researching hermetics and applying these laws will activate something in our intuition, will activate our consciousness in, in new ways that will give us access to different types of guidance and direction in our life?
2: Absolutely. Um, I would say that that's a lot of how I was activated, because I started studying numerology and numbers, and, um, and I believe just like, I forget where I get this from, maybe it was the Bible, but they say that our kingdom is numbered, mm-hmm. and everything is numbered, our names are numbered, our birthday is numbered, we do have distinct numbers that are for us to help us remember who we are, where we come from, and where we're going, so, yeah, absolutely
0: let's talk about the relationship between hermetics and alchemy and what alchemy really is.
2: Okay, So alchemy is the process of turning a base metal into gold. Um, Since you're a chemist, you could probably explain that a little better, however, or into chemistry, I look at it from the spiritual standpoint of transforming and transcending our basic human emotions and learning how to balance them out and learning to become more. So we're taking, you know, for instance, Me, where my maybe my spirituality was a lot lower back when I was younger, and I've transformed that and I've grown, and therefore I became a spiritual alchemist because now I can play with my emotions, and I can transform them, and I can change. When the moment I feel a bad feeling coming on, I can stop now and look at it and say, No, actually, I I choose to perceive what's happening to me, as it's helping me, and as it's helping my soul expand. It's helping my soul grow. And that no matter what's happening, that it's okay. So it gives me hope that, you know, we're able to, we can move through things and not just sit stagnant where we are. So the process of spiritual alchemy does include understanding these laws in a sense. So it does tie in together.
0: So it's, um, it's part of the, part of the goal of it is to perfect ourselves or to, move toward a higher state of perfection, maybe?
2: Right. It's, it's basically the knowledge of God, the true knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. It's not man-made laws. Um, the Bible has a lot of amazing stuff in there if you know how to translate it in non-literal terms and look at it for what it really is. Mm-hmm. So yes, the Bible does have a lot of interesting information in there in non-literal terms, and we can use these things to help our soul Expand and become more aware of um, experiencing life at a different level. And I think here's a great way to look at it. I'd say that when we try to take things that are meant to be temporary and make them permanent, we create issues. And we are always moving. Like this, that's one of the basics of, of this whole process, understanding this is that everything is in motion, nothing ever stops moving. And so, we, he, I think that we, over time, we've kind of forgot that, that we are moving, that we are changing, and that we're always trying to hold on and grasp things. And when we don't know how to manage those things anymore, we get frustrated and we create all these issues in our life. When it's supposed to be a lot more fun and playful, mm-hmm. I believe, we're supposed to be enjoying life a little more. And, but enjoying life a little more means you do take it seriously, and you do respect the laws of the universe. You respect what our Creator has given us. And it doesn't mean you have to go to a church and pray there all day, but it means that you kind of tap into that magic that's available to us. And, um, you know, it's the holy science. Mm-hmm. You know, now is, I always said that when science and spirit came together, it's funny because then that, you know, you see spirit science now and everywhere. <laughs> but that's the truth is that we're merging those two together. And we're yeah. realizing that this stuff is backed up by research. It's backed up by science. Modern science is backing this stuff up that these laws do have proof. I mean, do have truth.
0: Yeah, well, um, it's always kind of been my belief that um, those things that we call spiritual and, uh, and or paranormal or... Um, metaphysical are are really things that uh, science just doesn't understand yet but all of it is really science because the universe works on laws and uh, just because we don't understand the laws or we don't understand what's causing it doesn't mean that it's not science Mm -hmm. so science and spirituality um, we call them different things but in reality they are the same thing and I think that that unification is long overdue. Um, you know, me, you you mentioning um, things always moving and and us uh, humans liking to make things permanent or try to make things permanent that that brings uh, that brings up the issue of religion, um, tradition, mm-hmm. and trying to uh, always look to the past for our. Our guidance instead of um, trying to create something new all the time, something you know, a better way of doing things. So, um, in order to kind of follow that line of thought for a minute, um, Hermetics and these these laws they they exist in one form from the ancient world, mm-hmm. and they have been encoded and re-encoded and told and retold in symbolic terms throughout. Our entire history on in our existence on this earth, um, you have little bits of them scattered throughout every religion. Um, is it important that people release their dogmas so that they can understand the symbolic meaning of this of this, this stuff? Because um, when we when we get too dogmatic and too traditional, then we fall into the trap of being literal on this stuff and uh... when we get literal on it it then shuts our, our the open doors in our mind it closes our minds to the ability to become better and more spiritual then we we kind of shut down and we achieve the opposite of what we could have achieved had we been a little more inferential or a little a little more symbolic in our, in our reading and understanding of this stuff so, um, is it always necessary to let go of the literal side of things? Is there any literal truth in these stories, or are they all symbolic? What do you think about that?
2: I think they're literal with the laws specifically literal, okay. but we can tra- we can go back and forth with that. Um, I mean my, thought, my my thoughts were racing as you were saying all that. Um, I would say that you mentioned how back, you know, these are old ways of thinking, but technically, when we look at it, I believe that, you know, our sacred texts were written by advanced civilizations mm-hmm. that knew a lot more about the body than we did,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> about life than we did, for instance, you know, it seems that way. And so I think that because this is the time that was prophesized in Revelations, <clears throat> we are being revealed, the divine mysteries are being revealed to us right now, because we have been, um, We've been in some type of like, we went through all that time where we didn't, we went to like the dark ages, or all these different things we went through, but now we're entering the time where we, all this stuff is going to start making sense to us. But all the work that people have done researching, oh, all these things that we've been, these people who have done all these things for us to give us this knowledge for us to understand now, now is when we're kind of merging it with our modern day thinking, mm-hmm. It's not about saying in the past or looking too far in the future. It's about being present in the moment taking all this stuff and saying, "Wow, what can I do with this right now? How can we, how can we integrate all this stuff together and keep up with the times and get out of that dogma? You know, because that's the problem is that there's so many people that are still stuck in you know separation, yeah. and yeah. that's not unconditional love. And unconditional love is God. The most high is love. That's the unconditional because we get there when we talk about the laws. Is that there's always that duality, there's always the polar opposite. And so when we come back to it, it's the extreme of the same thing. So all the hate that's in the world has been created because they, everybody wants that deep love. They mistake it with the anger, you know, but right now we're coming back into that and we're going to be able to use all that knowledge. And, but as far as it being non-literal or being literal, it's a mixture of both. It's both. There's some things you have to decode, because like parables, not everybody can understand parables. Like, some people can speak in tongues, but not everybody can understand tongues. You know, there's different gifts to different people, and that's why we're all a puzzle piece. And I think the Creator knew that we were all going to be different. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And for people are still so separated in all this stuff, um, if they could really just put that aside and look at the greater picture, that we are here doing a bigger, we're doing more work than we think we are, it would make a lot more sense.
0: Okay. Do you think that... Um do you think that we are at a disadvantage in our culture now because of the fact that the um, the true teachings have been so deeply enmeshed in the dogmas of the world now?
2: I see a lot of people waking up right now. I see a lot of people moving and making a difference. I wouldn't say we're in a in a worse off position is that how you worded it?
0: Disadvantage. A disadvantage.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think that we are. I think that um, people can choose what they want to focus their time on. And I know I mentioned this to you before, that we have, you know, I believe that art and music and all ever this stuff is great that mm-hmm. we're doing, we're creating, but what are they creating? And what are the people watching? Look at the views on you know, like, media stuff that's really popular right now, so-called trending, versus this type of stuff. I look at the views and it's sad. Like, 4,000, 7,000, 12,000 versus a million for some... I'm not even going to mention because I don't like to pick names out because I appreciate all forms of art. But what I'm saying is that we have a choice to choose what we focus on. And I choose to focus my energy on how I can help people understand because I believe so strongly in my connection to God, to source energy, because I feel it, because I pay attention, because I pray, because I ask. And you are, you do receive when you ask for it. And so I just think people are a little misled, and their disadvantage is the fact that they can't even remove their own veil, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it is about the lifting of the veil. Apocalypse, Mm -hmm. apocalyptos, or apocalyptex, does mean the lifting of the veil, not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's just a lot of misconceptions going on, that um, little by little as people do more things like this and talk about it you know it has to come from certain people you know I think each each like tribe has they have someone who's supposed to bring that knowledge to them so depending on where who they're hanging out with what they're doing a lot of it has to do with that
0: yeah and uh, in, a, in a sense gaining a, a bit of enlightenment is in a lot of ways the end of a world um, for a lot of people. It's the end of the world they know. Uh, it, can, it can take a lot of bravery and uh, courage to let go of the world that you're used to. To adopt a new way of, of seeing things, a new way of living, and a, a new way of of uh, seeing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who are, um, are living in the world of the media and entranced by the propaganda in the world and the messages that try to convince us that we're less than we are, and that we should accept less than we deserve, um, you know, sometimes we become comfortable with that, and it can it can definitely um, shake our foundation when we um, have our eyes opened for real, and uh, and we realize that what we thought was true is not true, and that there's a higher truth, and even though it is a higher truth, seeing it and having to let go of the, what we thought was true before, it can be challenging for people, can't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. And I actually want to go back a little bit to um, alchemy, just for mm-hmm. a second, because I, this kind of helps people. The process of the alchemical marriage, people think that it's about finding your other half and getting married and you know having kids. The, alchem, the alchemical process is marrying of the two energies within yourself. So whatever you're lacking in, this process you will find. Mm-hmm. That's what it is about coming to balance within yourself, to become your higher self, to walk this planet as your higher self, to upgrade, you know, um, to manage the, you know, to managing the two halves inside of you.
0: So the, you know, the the history or or the the roots and meanings of words, I think, is really interesting and sometimes important to pay attention to. And the, the word hermetic in in our language has come to have. Um, Kind of uh, several different meanings uh, or, or undertones of secret, uh, keeping something secret or hidden, or sealing something away from something else. Um, and, and these teachings have been sealed away from the masses for thousands of years. Um, you know, when we hermetically seal a window, we're locking what's inside away from what's outside and keeping two things from mixing. Um, the, the general public has been considered not really capable or, um, not, I, w- I don't want to say not capable, but not, not open enough to enlightenment to be entrusted with the teachings. Um, the, the initiated have been trusted with the teachings because they are the ones who are open to the wisdom and they have sought it out. They they looked for it. They found it, and they um, they were uh, so to speak looking for the teacher, and the teacher appeared. So, um, why do you think it is that now is the time that these teachings be unsealed?
2: Because people are realizing their power, and they are realizing they are realizing their power, and I like to. I I used to be angry, like the illuminati This and like, you know, these people are taking all this, you know, they have all this knowledge and they don't share it, but I believe that these people who took it and who have it, uh, not all of them are bad, but the ones that are, they don't even realize that they're part of the plan as well. The plan was to keep the information from us, Mm -hmm. because how else could we know the difference? How else could we experience waking up in our bodies? and realizing who we are and what we are and what we're doing here and what we could do. There's nothing more powerfully, powerful than like imagining how far you could actually come and then actually becoming that.
1: Mm-hmm. There's
2: nothing more powerful than that. So, um, I think that's an amazing process altogether. And you're mentioning about the seals
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's what it is. It's the process of your kundalini rising. That's the process of opening your chakras. Mm-hmm. The seven seals are the seven chakras, the major glands in your body. Those are the major points for us to open, so they don't open easily like that. There's
1: right. a process,
2: and the whole Bible is also based off of that, and those process of the seals. And actually, going back again to alchemy, each of us, as our, as our birth chart, we each have an alchemical process associated with us. For instance, I am in the process of purification, of disillusion. So, um, I'm a Cancer, so I'm dissolution. I'm also the Seventh Seal, or the Seal of Silence. So each of us have a seal we're born with. I'm not exactly sure how those work pertain to each uh, Zodiac member, but it's all related together. And so that's part of, I think that's basically part of the process of what we're going through as entering the age of Aquarius. And each age opens new doors to different things. So, you know, right now we're experiencing what was prophesized to us. So we're in those times right now. So that's why it looks like it's been kept from us for so long. And that whole, like, we can't handle it thing is kind of BS. Because we all know the truth that if we all knew, we would all be walking around like little baby gods. Like, we would think that we were, like, you know, amazing. We wouldn't have the feeling of not being worth it. We wouldn't have the feeling of not knowing what we can accomplish. We wouldn't even, like... All these things that we have, I think we kind of take for granted that we created this stuff, that we are creating this stuff. We do have the power within us. That that's why we're in the mess that we're in, is because we don't believe a lot of us don't believe in our power. And yes, there are there have been people who have wanted to keep their power higher and so therefore they've been greedy and they've done the things that they've done. It's only because of their their lack of of compassion and mercy, uh, those are all God's qualities. Mm -hmm. Understanding, you know, all those good, nice things, those are God qualities that for some reason they've lost touch with or they think that they're more powerful and that they would never witness God's wrath or something like that. I don't really know to what extent, but I do believe that we we are creating it. We've created what we're in right now, so.
0: Well, I think that will become their own limitation you know, the the fact that they, um, the fact that they have corrupted their, um, corrupted the teachings in the way that they, that they are trying to use it to have power over other people and to control, uh, the world, so to speak, in the way that they, that some of them want to, um, that in itself is the corruption that will bring the end to what they're trying to do because I think, overall, um, Good, good will win. Um, do you agree with that? I do. Is there any? Is there really any other way that it could that it could end?
2: Um, I do hear that it might get worse before it gets good, mm-hmm. and that specifically for people like you and I, we could experience worse off because we're the ones who are speaking out or like saying things like yeah. that. But it, at the same time, um, I think it it's really all about your frame of mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's about, if you think the world's ending, that's what you're gonna experience. If you think the world's getting better, I'll tell you, there was a time when I thought the world was ending, and I was just, everything I was attracting was more negative. Like, I was getting tickets all the time, you know, because I had a problem with authority. And then I realized, that's that's a fake barrier. I'm thankful we have people that are willing to protect us. You know, we have to change your perception. When you change your perception, you change the world. We have to think smarter. Okay. We have to think life. like. When you sit and talk to somebody, like, I look at them now and I'm thinking, if they were God right there in front of me manifested, how would I speak to them? What would I want for them? And so we, a lot of people don't know how to think that way. And, and that's what the transformation really is about, is that's all about alchemy. It's all about transforming your thoughts, becoming the person you want to be. You know, that whole fake it before you make it, 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 it works. And that's really where does.
0: universal love comes in, unconditional love comes in there with your ability to um, have that space to see another person in that way as as the one reflection or one version of the creator before you. Um, so that being said, why don't we um, why don't we get into the universal laws and talk about um, the specifics so that people mm-hmm. listening can have some idea of not only what the laws are and what they, what they teach, but also um, how they can find them and do some more research on their own. So let's start with the first law, the law of uh, mentalism, or the principle of mentalism. The all is mind, the universe is mental. Can you explain that and why that's important?
2: Yes. Well, first I want to start with a quote from the Kavillion. Um It says, The principles of truth are seven, and he who knows these understandingly possesses the magic key before whose touch all the doors of the temple fly open. This is one of the reasons why I became a hypnotherapist, because the power of the mind mm-hmm. that we literally create with our mind. So, for instance, though all is mind and the universe is mental, these principles embody that... It explains that everything starts with the mental thought. So uh, the law of mentalism is an immutable law. So three of them are immutable. The first three cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. They're absolute. And, and this does the first that mean
0: also inflexible? They're just true and that's how it is, right? They're just true, yeah. Okay, so it's not something that can be bent. It's a universal law that that's just, it's the law. Immutable, okay. So that's a good place to start, so uh, explain that.
2: Okay, so, um, you know, I'd like to start with this one by saying Carl Jung spoke of the unconscious collective Mm -hmm. when he was speaking how we were unconsciously contributing to the expansion of our consciousness Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, why things were the way they were. That people weren't aware that their minds were creating their situations and their life. Right. But now that we're entering this age, or realizing that we are part of a collective conscious where people are actually contributing to their reality. They understand that they're creating it, and that they have power over that. Mm -hmm. And so, since the all is mine, the universe is mental, this means that everything we see and experience in our physical world um, has its origin in an invisible mental realm. So, it does go with the second one of correspondences, and as above, so below. It tells us that there is a single universal consciousness from which all things manifest, which is where the all, which is our higher intelligence, where our source, what we call God, resides. Mm -hmm. And that all energy and matter, matter at all levels is created by and is subordinate to the omnipresent universal mind. And your mind is part of the universal mind, the same kind with the only difference being one degree. Your reality is manifested of your mind, and this is the true mind. So, it we all come from a thought. We all come from our non-physical form. We manifested here in a physical body from our mental universe. So, that's the gist of the mental law. That the law is the world is made of the mental first.
0: Okay, good because um, what you just said reinforces what I've been reiterating and. Uh, and repeating since the beginning of this podcast um, which is that uh, consciousness is the fundamental force in the universe um, and that it's it's really been my understanding that what we call the material universe is not the fundamental plane of reality uh, but that there's an even more fundamental underlying plane of consciousness which informs and imbues all other layers um of reality so this way of looking at the universe as the principle of mentalism seems to suggest would indicate that even the rocks the dirt the water have consciousness the sun the stars the moon and the planets and even the emptiness of space is conscious to some degree or another would you say that that you would agree with that
2: yes absolutely i love talking consciousness because everything does have consciousness and it all everything literally each each of these Laws can correspond with
0: the next one, mm-hmm. and know, it, it's all—it's all really one, isn't it? It's all connected. We use—we use our understanding of these laws to make it easier for us to relate to how things work. But in—in in reality, it's really all one thing, which is why all the laws seem to kind of overlap each other and connect to each other. Ultimately, I think um, all the laws—all the laws combined into one really would be God. So the, the creator is um, the expression of all the different laws of reality combined into one, which is why it's the, it's the creator and, and why uh, the universe exists is because the expression of those laws, the expression of that power gave rise to reality. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to the second one, the principle of correspondence, as above, so below. This is one of my favorites, um, as below, so above. So just explain that and what it means because it it goes beyond just uh, the order we see on the earth is reflected in the order that we see in the sky, doesn't it? It goes way beyond that.
2: Absolutely. That does go back to the principle of mentalism is that as above, so below and because everything has to happen above before it happens below. And the grasping of that can really change your life. Mm because you're realizing that you're pulling down what's happening up there. And not everything will come down manifested. It's about what you focus all of your attention on is, where, is what comes down. And um, so this helps us solve an extreme paradox. Um, because the unknown happens first.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And understanding this can really... You can't, you can't change this law because it's immutable as well but you can find a way to master it by the law of uh, neutralization because you learn that you're bringing in that you can like you know calm that energy and, and focus on what you really want and bring it down instead of chaos happening up here and just anything happening in physical reality
0: so using our consciousness and our energy in the right way can give us some power to decide what reality we create. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. So then, um, the, the law also then seems to suggest that the external world and the internal world are reflections of each other as well as outside or as without, so within, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say too, uh, what we focus on within, we can create without. Would you agree with that? Right. Okay. So, Uh, the mastery of this law then it would seem like the other ones is uh, has the potential to be a real source of power for uh, an individual creative person
2: it's like you're mastering the subconscious mind
0: Mm
2: -hmm. you know you're mastering building and bringing down
0: and the subconscious mind and the universe they interact in in that way that seems to confirm that what goes on inside here also creates what goes on outside here, right? Correct. Okay, so. Um,
2: and there's no separation since everything in the universe, including you, originates from one source. So, and this is the same pattern as expressed on all planes of existence, from the smallest electron to the largest star, and vice versa. All is one, and also the the ancient Greek temple of Apollo in Delphi was referring to this great law correspondence in the inscription, know thyself and thou shalt know all the mysteries of the gods of the universe. Because when you can close your eyes and get a hold on what you want to create and look at it and imagine it, I and mean, if you close your eyes, you can imagine if they said, look at you, think of your grandma right now, and, you know, she's wearing a red shirt, and, you know, or you can create with your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. So if you can really focus on, like, a piece of cake. You want a piece of cake to come into your life. You can focus on it in meditation and I guarantee you, you will have cake within a week.
0: Okay, so <laughs> so then th- this also brings then the the statement of I am God or I am the creator into, into my mind because um, as above, pointing at the creator, so below pointing at me, pointing at you. So that that's in a sense a confirmation of the idea that we are all in the image of the Creator, or we all have within us a piece of that divine energy.
2: We are all archetypes of an energy, and so I can go really deep into this if we look at it from the zodiac signs. So this is why we have, why we can refer to our zodiac and the planets, because they do relate to us tremendously. Mm-hmm. You will have so many answers to your life. Um, so many answers to questions that you have about yourself answered by understanding how they relate to you, your zodiac sign. So for instance, as above, I'm a Cancer. I come from the Tropic of Cancer. That's where I was last. That's why I have the feelings, the senses of intuitiveness, I'm a little more emotional. I have a lot more qualities because that's where I'm coming from, from that energy up here. And it comes down here once we through the process of physical alchemy into the mother's womb where I lived until I came out of the womb and then it formed. Consciousness, and then all this other stuff happened, right? So, with them planets, whatever they're going through, their archetypes, their energies, they do affect us. So, that does have to do a lot with the as above, so below as well.
0: Okay. So the then the the third one, the third law, is an immutable one. Also, you said, right? Mm-hmm. The law right. or the principle of vibration. Um, so this one goes in the Kabbalion. Nothing rests. Everything moves everything vibrates. Nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. Let's talk a little bit about that. That's, this is something that the ancients knew so long ago and which science has only fairly recently proven, uh, which is why vibration um, you know, is part of nuclear science and the science of sound, light, lasers. I mean, it, it's really all really important and our, our computers, our technology, everything is based on vibration and energy. So why is vibration important and how can this principle be applied to enhance our lives and existence as spiritual and physical beings?
2: Because like attracts like energy. So uh, upon which the law of attraction is based. I mean most of these laws actually can go back to the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. But this one in particular is the foundation to that law. Um, Everything that we experience with our five senses is conveyed through vibrations. And so this can go the food that you eat. Um, if you're thinking lower vibrational feelings, uh, if you're f- it depends on what you're focusing your energy on. You will, you're basically you're pulsate that energy. You radiate that energy. and You give off a vibration. Who, where others pick it up, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what you attract. So whether it's like you know you're thinking I'm going to be I'm sick I'm sick I'm sick. You're vibrating that energy out. You're giving out a vibration. And the energy is picking it, and the universe is picking it up and giving it back to you, because the universe wants nothing but to give you exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. So whatever vibration you're you're giving off is what you're going to get back. And um, so that's why it's important to stop for a little while sometimes and think, what energy am I giving off, and look at what you're attracting. If you've been attracting a lot of bad relationships, you know, not necessarily bad, but all relationships serve a purpose, but if you're not getting what you want over and over again, is because maybe you haven't stopped to think about the energy you're giving off. Maybe your, your unconscious beliefs about yourself are giving a vibration that's not in alignment with who you really are. So, um, you know, science has confirmed that these are, that this is, it really does have an effect on your reality.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes wanting something really strongly um, that can, that can turn the energy that we're putting out from something that might attract what we want into something that might attract the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that work? Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: So focusing too much on what you don't want and attracting that, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, Absolutely. attracting the opposite of what you actually want by focusing on what you don't want.
2: Yeah, because you're, you're uh, especially like if you're, say you want. Um, you want a new car, but you want it so bad, and you keep trying and trying and trying, but you don't unconsciously believe that you deserve a new car, mm-hmm. so you won't attract that. Or for instance, uh, you have a relationship, somebody you're dating, um, you met somebody you really like, and they have all the qualities that you want, And but you're focusing so much on building, like you're creating this whole thing in your mind of what could possibly come from it, that you're not leaving universe enough room to give you what you really could have. Mm. So sometimes the universe will take that away from you because you haven't learned how to master yourself, how to master relaxing and letting things come to you and and receiving. So, um, for instance, like if you're, you want to be floating, I like Abraham Hicks, she used the the discs, she uses that analogy for it. So you want to be hanging out, you want to be really wealthy, you want to be feeling good, all these things, So you want to be on this higher disc, but yet you're hanging around and doing things that are at a lower vibrating disc. So you can't get up there until you decide to make the change or release the resistance you have to what you want. Um, Sometimes overdoing it will repel what you really want, especially in relationships. People wonder why it was going so great and then he disappeared or she disappeared. Well, it's because you either unconsciously didn't believe it was possible or you were thinking the negative things, things. but showing one side of yourself you know you're like showing oh, I like you but you're unconsciously thinking he doesn't like me or she doesn't like me and all this stuff so your thoughts have to stay in congruency with what you really want
0: so we have to be we have to be able and willing to let go and surrender at some point and trust Completely. the universe then right
2: yeah I believe that's what it is and it, your life would get a little bit easier once you can release the resistance you have to what you want You know, and allow the universe to give to you. Also, another thing too is if you're saying, for instance, I like using relationships for things like this because if you're saying, I want, I want like a relationship, and you meet somebody and then you put all of your energy on that person, it has to be that person, it has to be that person, it has to be that person, and that person might not be like they have their own life, they have their own calling, and their own desires. And so while you're out pushing that energy on what one particular person, you're making it really hard for it, for source to squeeze all that through that one little, you know, that one little area mm-hmm. when you could be missing out right. everywhere else where love could really come through for you. Yeah. Or a job or something. It has to be that one thing. When universe is asking you to, to make your mind bigger, you mm-hmm. know, expand your horizons and don't put so much pressure on on moving things so fast, in a sense. It can go for relationships, it can go for other things as well.
0: Great point, thank you. Um, so the, let's move on to the fourth one, and the principle of polarity. Everything is dual, everything has poles. Everything has its pair of opposites, like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet. All truths are but half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. The understanding that opposites are actually the same with varying degrees of intensity or alternate expression uh, between them is something that can be applied to every facet of existence, can't it?
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's my words, absolutely. Uh (laughs) Okay,
0: so let's let's talk about that a little bit then because the, the principle of polarity is something that we really all can see everywhere we look, isn't it? Is there anything? I, mean, I guess there there isn't. The the principle is right here. Everything is dual, but um, at, at the same time, everything is one. That that's kind of what this what this law is saying, isn't it? Everything is dual, but Hot, everything cold, is one.
2: Extremes are the same exact thing. Love and hate extremes are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, everyone was born pure love, but over time, they learned anger, hatred. But that that's that comes from the basic need and desire for pure love mm-hmm. to go back to that pure love state. So, I mean, it's all the extremes of the same exact thing. It all is one. It's back to the same.
0: So, in a sense, um, it's like it's like with hot and cold. Since you use that example, um, cold is really just a, a degree of heat, or the the lack thereof, or. Um, and, and really what it comes down to with things like that is vibration, the intensity of vibration is the thing that determines the degree to which you experience one pull or the other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how does, this, uh, how does this apply in our, in our daily lives or in um, our attempt or desire to be more spiritual?
2: Um, because this helps us find a balance, because this is actually one of the first mutable principle and law, where you can mess with it a little bit by balancing the two, Mm. by understanding that it helps you not to stay too stuck to one thing. It helps you be like, it doesn't need to be hate. I can actually go back the other direction. So you can do, you can find a balance between the two is what I'm trying to say.
0: So balance is um, finding that middle ground then the the law of polarity, the principle of polarity is kind of a um, it's something that directs us toward finding the path of balance, is that what you're saying? Right, and you
2: can transform your thoughts from hate to love and fear to courage by consciously raising your vibrations and that goes back to the alchem- alchemical process of transcending your human basic human emotions
0: so then the um, our thoughts, our vibrations, our, our the matter around us, the matter we are made of, is vibration also. And our ability to decide whether we are in one pole or the other depends on which vibration we hold within ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, great.
2: And the principle of duality, actually, um, may appear to be very real in your life, but it operates only in the physical and the mental realms, not in the spiritual realm, where all is one. It says um, in the Bhagavad Gita that God is above the opposites. Uh, by always placing all the powerful, all-knowing, great spirit of which you are a part of behind your every thought, statement and action, and by always focusing on the good, even when things appear to be going bad, then in time you will rise above the law of polarity. So that's why this one's mutable. Okay. Because you can use affirmations such as, all is well, everything I'm experiencing is for my highest good. I'm going in the right direction. Although this might look this way, it can actually go this way if I really want it to. It goes back
1: to your vibration and the
0: vibration you're giving off okay great so it's really it, like the previous laws um, mastering these principles is what is the the real goal of this of having this knowledge is to is to learn how to apply them in our lives and when we do that we kind of are able to be creators of our own reality in the most positive way Instead of being at the mercy of the forces around us, we can learn to uh, be
1: co-creators
0: co-creators of those forces, or to, to use those forces in a way that um, that takes us out of the place where we are being pushed or pulled in one direction or the other. okay great so I, I, it's starting to make sense why <clears throat> these laws need to be um, released to the world. You know, we, we live on a planet with over 7 billion people now and, um, you know, 7 billion people all at the mercy of the forces around them and the the forces in the universe, it, it would, uh, create a lot of chaos. If we could have 7 billion people all mastering themselves, um, and mastering these principles, we would, we live in a completely different universe, wouldn't we?
1: Right. <laughs>
0: okay, so let's talk about the fifth one then, the principle of rhythm. Everything flows out and in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swing manifests in everything. The measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. This one seems to um, overlap with the principle of polarity in a lot of ways. Um l- and the that? principle of vibration. Well, uh, the pendulum swing uh, from one pole to the other, uh, That mm. that's an overlap. Uh, also, a, a pendulum swing is, in a sense, a very slow vibration, um, which seems to uh, relate to the, the principle of vibration as well. Uh, but this one's also saying that for every beginning there's an end, so it's not necessarily saying it's not necessarily one pull to the other but it's more like um, in it's more like a it seems to me a statement of about a statement about the flow of things uh, which is why time is connected to this so can you talk about how the um, how this applies in our life
2: okay well this is great actually this one it's really, it was really helpful for me to explain to clients sometimes because, um, or help me to feel better when things are not going great for myself or for them. because when we understand that there's a high and a low for everything, um, we can actually rest between that. And understanding that when we know that the universe is taking care of everything and we're in a right mindset, we're giving up the right vibration, that things will be okay, that there's always going to be a rise and a fall for everything. Um, this is actually another mutable law, and it's transcendable. Because this principle can be seen in operation in the waves of the ocean, the rise and fall of the greatest empires, in business cycles, in the swaying of your thoughts from being positive to negative, and your personal successes and failures. So, it's almost like right when you think everything's going perfect, and bam, something happens. It's why? Because you need more to learn. Mm. Because we forgot we came here to learn. We came here to expand. I keep saying that because we did we came back here to experience all the things that we didn't get to learn either in past lives or, you know, continuously. You're going to experience the same types of things until you learn to master this pendulum swing. If you're like, you know, you're going to be tested all the time. You know, you say, oh, everything's fine. I finally learned how to not get angry. And all of a sudden someone makes you really mad and you have a chance right there to really stand your ground and prove to yourself and that you're ready for the next move. And maybe that next move will be the pendulum swinging to the positive side where you actually get that promotion or you f- you meet the person of your dreams or you, you know, you get to finally get that house, you know. So maybe you got a car accident, you lost your car, but then after you really working through it, you get the new one you really wanted. So the end of something is not necessarily the end of your life. It's just the beginning of something new, right?
1: right.
2: So that's why I think this law of rhythm, is, I mean, is, is so great. Because um, you know, when everything reaches a point of culmination, then you can finally balance again.
0: Okay, so this one, uh, th- this one brings up the, the subject or the topic of surrender as well. Because um, you have to be able to take a step back sometimes and let that pendulum swing take place, right? It, you can't stop it. If you try and force it, you're really just going to have more trouble and create more problems for yourself and more resistance and you might you might then elongate or stretch out or, or increase the time that it takes for the pendulum to swing back into the other side. Is that right?
2: Right. You have so, to hold the momentum. Okay. It's like a momentum you have to hold on to. You know, you have to feel it and then wait for it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do it during Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> You know? So
0: it's all about flow then, isn't it? It's the all flow about flow, yes. Yeah.
2: That's really the word of the that I've been feeling lately and hearing everywhere lately, just flow. Yeah. And surrender. They kinda of go hand in hand. They do. Yeah. It's just like when you're dancing, you know, mm-hmm. you flow, but when you dance with a partner, you surrender to your partner. And you mm-hmm. let them flow. It could go all directions, yes.
0: Okay, great.
2: I know that we had talked before a little bit about vibration and rhythm. Mm-hmm and I wanted to talk a little bit about that
0: okay so how, how does how does rhythm differ from vibration they they in a sense relate but they're not the same so vibration you said is what we give off right we give off a certain vibration that's and that's offering. what determines what then comes to us because we attract similar things to the energy that we give off we attract the energy we attract is similar to the, enter- the, to the energy we give off. So, what is uh, what is rhythm? Is that so, kind of like what we are immersed in?
2: Right. So the, the law of rhythm is is more of, of the tides of our life going in and out with an emotion mm-hmm. versus a pulsating vibrational frequency that we're giving off. Okay. Does that make so,
0: sense? yeah, it, it it seems like rhythm is kind of like our environment. And vibration is us in the environment and dealing with it and how yes. putting okay mm-hmm. yeah that so makes you can a lot actually be
2: you can actually be in the rhythm everything flowing the pendulum's yeah. going back and forth and chaotic right but then your vibration in the middle of that pendulum mm-hmm. swinging is is what will help the rhythm yeah that makes find a balance. lot of
0: sense that clar- that clarifies the difference a lot I think uh, the rhythms of nature are, they're a lot more like a pendulum swing than the energies that we give off in ourselves. But then in ourselves, we also have our own pendulum swings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe that's because we create an, an emotional environment within ourselves as well. Um, and so we're interacting through the energies we give off with the rhythms of nature around us. Right. And they all kind of affect each other, right? Because it's all—it's really all one spectrum. It's all one continuous reality. So, they are all connected, and they are all one. They just seem separate to us because we're down here. Right.
2: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, to a lot of these have really cool ways to transcend them since they're mutable. So, since this is a mutable one, to transcend the swing of the pendulum, you must become aware of the subtle start of the backward movement in any of your endeavors whether it to be improve your health, your finances, your relationships, or any goals that you've set in motion. When you feel the law start to draw you back, do not become fearful or discouraged. Instead, knowing that you are one with the omnipotent, as you just said, a universal mind for which nothing is impossible, you keep your thoughts focused on your outcome and fight to remain positive no matter what or how far back this, transi- this uh, law pulls you.
1: Okay.
2: Um, it's basically utilizing the law of attraction. You okay, know.
1: yeah.
0: So then the the sixth one then is the, the law of, or the principle of cause and effect, um, which is that every cause has its effect, every effect has its cause, everything happens according to law, chances but a name for law not recognized. There are many planes of causation, but nothing escapes the law. So this is an interesting one because it tells us that there is truth to the statement that everything happens for a reason, but in this principle is also the truth that the reason might be outside of our ability to perceive or understand it uh, because of the the fact that there are many many planes of cause and and effect and we may be experiencing an effect of a cause that's in a plane above or or below us. Um, So it also suggests then that if we could master the application of this law, we might become powerful beyond all imagining. Mm-hmm. What do you think about uh, about that and what's most important about the law of cause and effect?
2: You might stop saying, why me, all the time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just be like, okay, this must have happened because of this, mm. like you really, this cause and effect really m- helps you or encourages you to look at your life and saying, am I causing all this stuff here? Mm. Or and or am I the am I causing effects on other people's lives?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know how can I master my life a little more by looking at what's happening to me? Is it happening to me and I'm crying about it, or am I saying it's happening for me? And I don't know where it came from, but you can learn and figure out maybe where it came from. You know maybe the cause is a a, a spiritual thing or like a mental thing that you're creating in your mind by the way you think. Maybe it's um somebody in your life that's always causing problems for you that you know you can look at and decide how much power you want to give them and it helps us to understand um, how to get a hold on what's happening for us you know for us not to us mm-hmm. that we ask for all these things we create all these things in our life everything you have in every, every relationship you have you've created that all in your life you've brought them into your life through the process of cause and effect cause is because you went to that party effect as you made a friend, you know, or like the cause is in everything, the effect is in everything. So whether or not you see where the cause came from, the effect is still prevalent, you know, or prevalent. Mm-hmm. So and, and
0: then uh, if I if I understand this correctly, then um, some causes are also effects, and some effects are also mm-hmm. causes. It seems like an endless chain, an endless chain, uh, kind of like a. Um, chain reaction of one cause leading to an effect which causes another cause which then is an effect for another cause and it just kind of goes on That's why on war forever, is just
2: ridiculous it? to me because it's like, yeah, and oh the please, idea it's never going to end. <laughs> the
0: idea of creating peace with war um, that seems kind of like a, a, a paradox in itself. Um, this, uh, you know, This is something that I think a lot of people struggle with, too, because, you know, a lot of people do um, feel victimized by the world, uh, by the people around them. But, uh, you know, we we really, we really are not ever victims. We really just are uh, failing to recognize how we create these situations ourselves.
2: Absolutely. Okay. So the universal mind is collectively contributing to creating our physical reality, right? Uh-huh. So, one thing I like about this law as well is that every effect that you see in your outside or physical world has a very specific cause which has its origins in your inner and mental world. And this is the essence of thought power. And every one of your thoughts, words, or actions sets a specific Effect and emotion which will come to materialize over time which goes back to your vibration. Mm-hmm. That's your offering This is basically your offering that you have the vibration okay? okay, so to become the master of your destiny you must master your mind for everything in your reality is a mental creation And know that there's nothing like chance or luck They are simply terms used by humanity's own ignorance in this of this law Okay, so they're thinking oh it just happened to me. No, but like think back like Maybe if you wouldn't have taken that job or you wouldn't have gotten that car, like, and it's not saying that you shouldn't have done those things, Mm -hmm. but that is the cause of it. So,
0: so then is, is karma a misinterpretation of this law or is karma a result of this law?
2: Um, depending on how you look at karma, I believe it's a result of this law, um, like for instance, relationships, sometimes, uh, I like going back to relationships because it's so great, um, karma and relationships, you create them for lessons you need to learn. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's not because you are bad and that's what you get and right. deserve. Um, that's definitely that's a, a That's a karmic relationship. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, the cause the effect is the cause is that you never dealt with it in your last relationship. Mm-hmm. So the effect is it's coming in your second one relationship and it'll keep going until you master how you're creating in that relationship. Um, as far as karma for being a bad person, I do believe that you do have to deal with that. You will have chances to, to redeem yourself many times, um, but I don't really know exactly how otherwise to answer that besides that.
0: <laughs> well, maybe then uh, what you're saying is that karma is something that remains to be balanced.
2: Right. And it's all about your intentions. Um, Because your intentions are always instantly created, so it's important to understand how you can impregnate your subconscious mind with thoughts that which will be born, right? Mm -hmm. With something positive instead of negative. So um, the law of cause and effect also implies that on all three planes of our existence, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical, the difference is that the spiritual plane cause and effect are instantaneous uh, as above, such that they appear uh, inseparable, whereas the other planes of our um, that our concept of time and space creates a time lag between the cause and the, the actual event that takes place. Okay. Um, and know that when you focus on your chosen goals with intention using creative visualization, you can actually um, begin to create in the physical world um, automatically, and it will manifest from the spiritual, spiritual world.
0: Okay. So that yeah, that that's that's another uh, example of as above, so below. So then also. What's happening
2: up there? Uh-huh. You know, is your mind got a bunch of stuff going on, the cause is your mind, you haven't meditated, you haven't stopped to reevaluate your mm-hmm. life. I think it's important to always reevaluate your, you know, look at your life and really put it into perspective.
1: Okay.
0: So, um, then l- let's, let's look at the seventh principle, the principle of gender. Gender isn't everything. Everything has its masculine and feminine principles and gender manifests on all planes. How can understanding the balance or imbalance of gender within us help us to better understand ourselves and our sacred place in the order of things?
1: Well, I
2: think gender, that one is such a deeply rooted, I want to say wound, mm. you know, because we don't even, we, that's part of the separation issue as well, is mm-hmm. that people, they don't realize that they have both polarities inside of them. And that's part of the alchemical marriage, is realizing that you have those two and finding a balance of the two within you. I meet um, a lot of men and women who have, you can tell who's really balanced within the two. They have no hate towards, uh, you know, they have no, like, they, they lack a lot of jealousy and possessiveness. They're very just kind of down to earth and, you know, they're not scared to do things that are considered, you know, oh, he's wearing a pink shirt, you know, or he's drinking a fruity drink. Like, those things have not to do really with gender, but it stops you from enjoying life and doing things otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, gender manifests in everything. You see it in um, the Spanish language, La and El. You see it in just so many different places throughout the centuries. Mm-hmm. So, it's important to realize that, um, especially like the planets, they have a masculine energy mm-hmm. and a feminine energy. The sun's masculine, the moon's feminine, you know, so those things really help us to. Um, find a balance, I think every always go back to balance, I feel like yeah, and I think it also brings in a hundred percent self awareness mm-hmm. because when you can accept the parts of you that are feminine and embrace them like maybe a lot of guys don 't like to dance because they think that they're it's girly or something or they're limiting them, themselves from experiencing life because of a a taboo or like a taboo, but what do you call those things when um, uh, uh. It's a, a stereotype. Yeah, a stereotype. False
0: assumption. Right. Yeah.
2: And so the one flame is not about finding your other half. It's about finding your other half inside of you. Mm. And that alchemical marriage is, the, is when you become your higher self and you're not afraid to be who you really are. Because when you, when you like push away like that feminine part of you because you, you don't want to get made fun of mm-hmm. by all the more masculine guys, then you're hiding a part of who you really are. And so therefore, you're going to have to deal with that later. Mm-hmm. It'll come out somewhere. And so when you can be honest with yourself, that's really important about who you really are. Like if you like to do things that are more masculine, then do them, or are more feminine, then do them. But because of the shift that we're in right now, we're, we move out, we're moving out of the, the patriarchal society back into a matriarchal, which means that we're understanding the divine feminine, the goddess is returning, her energy is returning, the mother aspect that we've kind of lost touch with for so long the compassion, the mercy, the loving understanding and just being, holding space for other people, you know, we, we lack that. And I think that when we can really come to terms when women can really understand divine masculine and men can understand divine feminine, we have much more peaceful relationships where we're not, you know, still separated.
0: Yeah. And the, the key word there is divine, isn't it? Because we in our, in our culture have, um, perverted masculinity and perverted femininity to a point where what we consider masculine and feminine um, are not in alignment with the true attributes of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. The two unite, like you said, in each of us, and we also see it in the natural world and the fact that every living thing is the product of the unification of a male and female gender. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't matter, I mean, I guess other than maybe viruses and bacteria, uh, which probably in themselves contain, according to this law, both genders. So they're able to self-produce probably because they are so um, natively balanced. Um, innately within themselves because they are um, single-celled but us being uh, you know multicellular organisms in order to reproduce we have to bring the two genders together and though bringing the two genders together has the ability to then create either one of the genders uh, male or female Uh, doesn't matter if you're a plant or a shrew Uh, that, that seems to be true but then when we come in to the world in either one form or another we have then part of us that is not being expressed physically which we have to start to teach people how to honor that aspect of ourselves so what can we do to help uh, especially you and I as as therapists hypnotherapists and people who who work to balance to help balance other people, Uh, what can we do to apply this law and this principle to help people recognize the opposite gender in themselves and the importance of it and the, the goodness and value of it?
2: I think wherever you lack in your life in some sense, like if you have trouble opening up your heart and being more loving. And compassionate and you tend to be more tough towards people and like not really understanding of what they're going through then you might be lacking a little bit more feminine qualities so you could do things that are more that will align you with that if you're a woman who's overly emotional and like too kind and all this stuff you know and you have no logic and you have no you know self-reliance or intellect then you might be lacking masculine and so you know when you can learn that when you know these things, the qualities that we both have both qualities and that's okay then you will know what it's like to be complete within yourself and so I think seeking out to be, to understand the opposite sex is important and to have understanding of it, that there's a reason why we're different and we both have something great to bring to the table and it doesn't mean that one's more or less than the other one, it's just that we were created for different things and um, you know, we could get into like deeper meanings of, you know, people who are into men who are into men and women who are into women. Mm-hmm. And I think it just all has to do with the times that we're in mm-hmm. because we're seeing a lot more gay men coming out and being more comfortable in it. Is because, well, you could say they might have a little too much feminine energy, but in a sense they don't, you know, they, it's just, we, that's yeah, story, It might be
0: a response. A
2: response to what's going on.
0: To the lack Everything, of feminine energy, the fact that we've been, that masculinity has been pummeling the planet. Into and now it's so strong, it's coming yeah. back
2: really strong and so a lot of these, you know a lot of people are feeling it but because people are feeling things and they don't know what they're feeling, they're just acting out what they're feeling, mm-hmm. that's you know they're more in tune with their, with that self and this is not a bad thing, it's actually more calming because it's less fighting, mm-hmm. you know and so that's what she has to do. Mother, that's what she has to do to get our attention. Which mm-hmm. She's gonna make extremes like when we're not paying attention or not listening then things happen. So, I mean, there's many things you can do. You can go dance more. That's a very balanced thing you can do. You can dance. You could embrace your arts. You can um, start doing things on your own that you would ask other people to do for you, maybe for a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, take a little bit more of initiative on things. And I think that because before we didn't, women weren't weren't working, you know, if we go back to the women's suffrage and, I mean, I studied lots of women's history, Mm -hmm. um, where the women didn't have the right to do all these things, but then they got the women's suffrage and they got backed up by the government. And those reasons why that happened is because, you know, they wanted both parents working and paying taxes and the kids in school, in education systems, and they control their mind and what they're being taught. And so we have to realize that these happen these things happen for a bigger purpose beyond our reasoning of why they happen. But now we we have the choice to look at it and decide how, you know, how masculine we want to be, how much control do we need to have, or can we be a little more playful. Mm-hmm. I think that um, we both, I think that men and women also need to start understanding each other more, you know, and that it's not what the magazines say, you know, everyone's different. They have their own thing, they have their own ways, way of doing things. And so, you know, it's just an energy. It's just about how understanding are you of the other person, how willing are you to understand the other person
0: okay so then um I think the the consistent theme then is balance that's that's what we want to aim for in our life is balance balance between um, male and female balance in our energies balance in our emotions and um to find that that middle path so that we're not living in one extreme or the other um i think then that uh that really what these laws seem to offer on on the larger scale of um, humanity in the world that we that are living in now is an answer to chaos, a solution to the chaos that, that um, we might be looking at if we don't get a handle on things. So um, I know there are some things that you wanted to make sure that you mentioned and since we are Running out of time, I mm-hmm. want to I want to hand it over to you um, to find out what you think is most important about this subject and, and what you think is is most uh, most relevant to the world that we're living in now.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the balance was the common theme, I believe, of all of this. What I really want to make sure people understand is that we can be deliberate creators, and. I know this because I practice it in my life every day and the more and more I interact with the universe and I follow synchronicities and I allow life to be more magical, it becomes more that way. And um, I like this sheet that I got somewhere, it's called the virtue continuum and it kind of goes back to you know, the law of vibration and polarity as well as um, uh, cause and effect in a sense. But there's always a deficiency and there's always a, an excess mm. of something, right? So it's important to find that balance. For instance, when we have corruption, when we, then we have legalism. Okay, so the middle ground is integrity. Then we have foolishness and judgmentalism. And then we have discernment in the middle of that. And looking at it and deciding how you can react to certain things. Um, and then we have selfishness and enablement. In the middle of that is love. You know, we can take from somebody or we can enable them to be worse or, or we can find a balance and be like, this is what you might need because we love you, because we care about you. And being real, being authentic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Then we have disregard and idolatry. In the middle of that is respect. Then we have pride and degrade, degrading. Mm-hmm. In, the middle of that, in the middle of that is humility and we have slothfulness and work uh, workaholism so you can be lazy and do nothing or you can work too much and not enjoy life or you can have diligence
1: mm.
2: and then we have licentiousness okay. and strictness uh-huh. so for instance you could be a little bit lazy and not do anything with your god-given gifts that have been given to you or encourage your children to do so or your relationships And just kind of be stagnant, Mm. or you can be too strict, you know, and not let people enjoy their life. In the middle of that you have temperance. Mm. Okay. And then we have cowardice and full and full heartedness. In the middle of that we have courage. So what I'm saying is that there's a balance between everything and that in the middle of everything is God's love. And that's the pure light source energy where we come from. And we all long to go back to that. And that's why we're all fighting, because we all want that. And there is enough of everything to go around. In God's kingdom, there's enough of everything to go around. God sent down everything we need here on this planet before we even knew we were gonna be here. We manifested ourselves here on this planet, and we've been doing it over and over again. So it's possible to live in harmony. And it's been promised to us that the kingdom of heaven will be brought down here. And if you can even bring it down here while it's in chaos, and bring the kingdom because it is within you. And that's what it's really all about. Is all of this, the temple doors are your your left hemisphere and your right hemisphere of your brain coming together. And the philosopher's stone is that pineal gland being cleared away and decalcified so you can see clearly and understand clearly and listen to God's call. Because not everyone will hear it. And so and the question is, is do you want to be one? Do you want to hear it? Do you want that? Because if you don't, I mean, you might be pretty lost. You know, it's time to really, really evaluate your life and think, how can I make life better? And everyone wants a better life, right?
0: Yeah, and, and I think maybe, uh, maybe some people don't know that they want to hear it because they're so trapped by the world and by its, its misleading kind of snares. Um, like greed and uh, you know the desire to have power over others, um, bad information, misinformation, disinformation. It's hard for people to know what they want when their information is not good. It's hard for people to make a clear and informed decision when the information that they, when all the information they have access to, is intended and designed to limit their um, self worth. So I think a lot of people don't, don't even really know what they want, and it sounds to me like these, these principles can, even just when applied a little bit, can help to kind of remove those scales or that veil from, from in front of our faces so that we can see things a little more clearly.
2: It's actually really good to take um, that's all great and it's also also good to take responsibility of the condition that you're in already mm-hmm. and realize that you you may have started that you may have you may have created that and that it's okay where you're at and that since God's love is unconditional man's is not mm-hmm. so much but God's love is and you think God knows where you're at you know like he created you like you whatever God you perceive to be real knows where you're at. It's all seeing, all knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent. It knows exactly what's going on. So the best way to really is to be okay with where you're at and just decide what you, what you want, where you want to start. And start somewhere. You know, it's never too late. You don't have to do it today. You don't have to do it tomorrow. Like, but somewhere along the lines, like, the world is changing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get better or worse. And it's up to you what universe you want to live in.
0: Yeah, and being okay with where you at doesn't nec- with where you're at doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay there, does it? No. it? Just that's just the beginning.
2: That no one's tying you down. Really, you you can do anything you want. I think that's also something really important to that touch base on is that since the world is changing, there are a lot of new age thoughts that have to do with relationships, um, with having children, with having families, with where you work and how you work, and all these things like it's becoming a limitless poss- possibilities type of environment where people, it's not necessarily about like polyamorous style, but no, I'm talking about like allowing freedom in the relationship because you want the best for them. You want them to grow. You want to see them excel. You, I mean, like anything that holds you back is just, you should be a little weary of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about being scared to, to commit. It's about being, you know, allow, being present, allowing the other person to be present and grow. Because you know, you no one wants to stay stagnant. You yeah. know? So these new age thoughts are really allowing us to kind of like experience Earth differently.
0: So then, th- would you agree that um, that in order for us to achieve that, that we have to start embracing the unknown and stop being so afraid of it? Yes. I wanna I I wanna ask you about Christ consciousness and just to describe it a little bit and what it means.
2: Okay. So. I actually came to consciousness first. Mm-hmm. I started understanding that concept. For some reason, it just came out it just like called out to me, and I started learning about it. And consciousness is understanding the mental universe that we are contributing to the collective consciousness. That we are all deliver. We are creators. We are co-creators in this universe, and uh, we've been doing it for eons. And um, however, the part of Christ consciousness is understanding. Um, for instance, Jesus Christ, right? So I never really, like, I wasn't able to read the Bible for a long time. I was like, it was too wordy. I didn't, I couldn't do it. But then for over time, um, I came to realize that what an ascended master is and who the ascended masters were and what they were trying to accomplish along with the great work and, and healing and really taking responsibility for where you're at and growing spiritually and becoming an enlightened being. And so with all of that comes with, the understanding of Christ consciousness, which means that you are fully aware of what you are creating. You're fully in Christ consciousness. You're fully in God's love. You're fully you know, Jesus came and said, I am I'm the, I'm the way. You know, He didn't say, follow me, do everything I'm doing. He's saying, be like me. We're all children of God, that we are all able to become our higher selves, to become our highest version of ourselves and to create and to, and to do magical things and create miracles. And that's what it is, is becoming, um, you know, the top of the Christmas trees, the bright light, you know, is like growing, growing, clearing up all of your baggage you have going on, healing and becoming, um, you know, the real child of God who you really are. And so um, that does come back to, you know, working on your, clearing your chakras and opening them up and understanding your pineal gland and cleaning it out and seeing clearly and being connected to consciousness and understanding that everything does vibrate, everything does give off a vibration, you give off a vibration. And that could be a God's vibration or it could be not so godly. You know, it could be, and understand when I say God, I'm talking of Christ consciousness. I'm talking about source energy where if we were walking with a, if we had like a light being connected to the top of our head, going up to the heavens, connecting us to the ground and we're fully activated, that's your Christ consciousness. That's your full power of who you are. You're recognizing, you're remembering who you are, where you come from, and that we are all brothers and sisters, and that we are all come from the light. And, you know, that's what it really is to me.
0: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. We talked about, um, having, about doing this episode before I even started the podcast. So, um... Thank you Thank for you. coming, and uh, I, I hope that um, you know, at some point in the future, uh, you'll come back so we can continue this conversation. I we'll would be delighted. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes this episode on Hermetics. Keep in mind that this is only the beginning. You have to keep exploring and learning about these laws, how to apply them, and how to find and use the master key to unlock the doors of the Temple of Wisdom within your own mind. You can find Alana Star shamel on Twitter and Instagram with the username at Starlana. That's at S T A R R L A N N A. On Facebook, Alana Star. A L A N N A S T A R R. Her email is Alana Star with two S's. That's A L A N N A S S T A R R. At gmail.com, and you can find her blog at starlana speaks.blogspot.com. That's S T A R R L A N N A H S P E A K S. Starlana speaks.blogspot.com. I want to thank you all for joining us here and supporting the show. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest for Messages from the Multiverse please contact us at messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com. If you wish to contact me directly regarding my hypnotherapy or shamanic practice, educational presentations and workshops, or speaking engagements, you can email me at ian at hypnotropia.com. That's I-A-N at H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A dot com. You can also learn more about me, this podcast, and hypnotropia by visiting the website www.hypnotropia.com. Messages from the Multiverse is available for subscription on iTunes and Apple's iOS podcast app on your mobile devices, and can also be found at soundcloud.com or on the SoundCloud app for your smartphone or tablet. Also at hypnotropia.com and is coming soon to the Google Play Store. Until next time, honor and love yourselves, your fellow humans, and our planet. Be well.